You're listening to From Fear to Love. I'm your host, Alma Lee. Perception is reality, at least for you. Have you ever heard of that term before? So I'm a I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist, or that's how I sort of identify my therapy model, if you will. The basis in my training is cognitive behavioral therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy is basically when I work with a client, I work with challenging some problematic perceptions, the way that they see themselves in the world, the way that they interpret the world around them based upon their experiences. Um, so, you know, for, for example, if a child grows up in an a, abusive environment, gets yelled at and gets told all the time, you're worthless, I hate you, I wish you'd never been born. That child will, by and large, believe that they're worthless. They will believe that they should not have been born. It makes sense, right? So what I do in my work is I challenge those beliefs by helping people to uh, sort of identify what is an emotional response versus a logical response. And the, uh, the ultimate goal of that uh, approach is to get people to reframe or to think about things differently to understand from a logical perspective maybe the reasons why they were abused that has nothing to do with them it has nothing to do with their worthiness and they can actualize who they are and redefine themselves in a healthier mindset they can actually see themselves the way that other people see them a lot of times people who are born into those problematic environments, abusive, neglectful, you know, abandonment issues, if you will, will have uh, a lot of problems in their uh, adult relationships, romantic partnerships, difficult to make friendships, uh, problems with uh, adult sibling relationships, family, whatnot. And it's all based on perception. It's all based on what a person's identity is based in perception is reality what you believe about yourself and what you believe about the world around you is by and large factual for you it's how you exist is how you move through this life based upon what you believe so the question is what do you believe about yourself and and furthermore what is it about your beliefs that are limiting you that are causing you to not be able to actualize any goals, or better yet, maybe your negative beliefs and negative perceptions about yourself cause you to not feel compelled to make goals at all. Is that is that you? I I sit here and you know here's my perception, right? So I sit here and in front of this microphone, drinking my coffee um, in my favorite mug and. You know, and I, I wake up in the morning. I just got up. I, I actually uh, just, uh, you know, kind of a restless night. And so I slept in a little bit longer. But, I mean, as soon as I woke up, my mind was racing with a message. Like, I, that's how my mind works. That is my perception. And I, I believe fully that my role and my responsibility is to encourage and challenge other people to actualize their purpose in a healthier way. So this message this morning was based, by and large, on a couple of conversations that I had yesterday with, with two friends of mine, um, and they just kind of merged together. But it basically, it just boiled down to your perception 
you know, uh, how much of the problems that you suffer and deal with in your life and your existence today are based on your beliefs, based on your perceptions? I mean, you know, are you struggling in your life because you feel compelled to be the strong one in your family? Maybe you're the strong one in your extended family. Maybe everybody in your circle needs something from you. And it's so hard to pull yourself out of that because you do derive a sense of, you know, external validation and being needed. And so if you were to remove yourself from a very taxing situation, such as being the strong one in your, your, your group, your social circle, your family, whatever, that if you were to remove yourself and try to actualize some dreams of your own, that you would be alone. Because you're the strong one, so who's there for you? So you're there for everybody else. You're the one that's always picking up the pieces. And you do that because you do enjoy the external validation. You do get some type of a, a reward out of it, and that is having this perceived, again, perception, perceived sense of empowerment in doing these things for other people. But at the same time, it keeps you shackled. It keeps you shackled to these unnecessary, unfulfilling obligations that are limiting you from actualizing your own goals, your own, you know, your own selfish, you know, pursuits, if you will. Does it make you feel like you're selfish? That's another question too, by trying to actualize who you are and achieving some goals of your own. Perception is reality. What do you perceive about yourself? Who are you? Are you a good person? Why or why not? And where did that belief set come from? Do you remember when you first started thinking that? I remember when I was a kid, my dad had this thing where, um, and, and again, you know, I, I, I mean, I, it's kind of one of these things. It's not beating a dead horse, but it is part of who I am is to sit back and think on my interpretation of my existence as a child, which was awful a horrible experience because I, I just felt completely unloved and, and unsupported. But I look back on it now and I realize that my father had no, he, he actually <laughs> understanding the background that he grew up in, he did a pretty good job. I mean, he, he really had no tools. Um, he should have, you know, he should have ended up being in prison. Um, he could have been a, a much worse character in, in his evolution um, but he, he wasn't. He uh, was probably a very, very mild version of a villain, if you will, based upon his own childhood. Anyway, my father experienced some horrific abuses of his own, and I, that's why he was a shitty dad, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. Had nothing to do with me as a kid. But, so my point is, is I can remember back when I was a kid, and he would say things to me like, very hurtful things like, you know, you talk too much. You talk too much. Nobody's, you know, nobody likes a kid who, 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 you know, talks too much. And then I would have problems at school. And I remember, you know, I attempted to try and solicit some, some empathy from him rather on the issues I was having at school about, you know, getting teased or made fun of. And instead of getting any empathy from my father, which he had none, of course he didn't have any because my experiences was way better than what he experienced. So where, why, how could he possibly have empathy for that? But I, I would come home and say, you know, these, these kids are teasing me or whatever. And I just get so angry. I would get so upset. I'd get tearful. I'd cry. I'd scream. And he would tell me, he's like, you know, people 
buy fireworks for a reason. And he says, people pay money to see things blow up. He goes, people are going to keep teasing you as long as you give them what they want. You keep blowing up. You keep showing your tears. You keep showing your emotions. People are always going to, you know, they're going to use that. They're going to see that that you blow up. So they're going to keep trying to make you blow up. Because think about it. People love to see the the explosion of a firework. You're just like a firework. He's like, do you, you stop talking so much and stop reacting. Stop showing them your cards. Stop showing them, you know, uh, how bad they're hurting you. And I guess in a big part of the way, I think that that still holds true in part of my psyche today because I'm real big on not showing my cards. I'm real big on that. And I encourage people to do that as well, especially when they feel like they're in a, a dysfunctional, controlling, manipulative situation where somebody is trying to solicit some type of a, a response out of them. Don't give it to them. It might kill you inside, but don't show your cards because at least then you have a little bit of control over that dynamic because you're not showing them uh, what they want. You're not giving that manipulative person what they want. My perception was cultivated in a mindset that my feelings didn't matter. That's what my whole purpose in saying that was. Because of that experience, I grew up believing that my feelings didn't matter. My feelings didn't matter. So don't show them, right? Don't share your feelings. Don't show those. Don't be vulnerable, you know? And then, of course, when you're not vulnerable, there's no intimacy. There's no way to cultivate intimacy with someone else if you don't feel comfortable in sharing your feelings. Or, on a deeper level, you don't feel like they're worth sharing. What's your perception? What is your perception about your feelings? How are you evolving through this life based upon what you believe about yourself? You know I'm going to say it. You got a journal. You have to pull out. I've got my journal right here. You hear that? Hitting that on the table. I have my journal right in front of me. I have several journals. And you have to take a pen. You have to write down, who am I? Who the hell am I? Who am I in this world? And who do I want to be? And I know that's scary for a lot of people, but trust me, you know, I don't know if you've ever been skydiving, gone bungee jumping, or gotten on that roller coaster at that amusement park that you were terrified of, but I will promise you this much. The first time is always the scariest. The first time you attempt to do something and you step out into the unknown, it's terrifying. Writing down your feelings, especially if you have grown into a mindset or a perception where you believe that you're not worth sharing your feelings or you think nobody will care about your feelings, the first time that you express that or the first time you step into that and you challenge yourself to be potentially triggered to those same old wounds, it's never going to be that bad again. The first time is always worse because then you learn how it feels. The first time, you learn how it feels. By the way, I love to skydive. I would love to go and get my free fall license. Side note. <laughs> that's, a, that's something else that I, I those are, that's a goal that I have eventually. If you ever hear of me having some sort of tragic skydiving accident, just scroll past the news feed on that. <laughs> it's not, we're all going to, none of us are making it out of here. None of us are making us make it alive. If you ever hear that I dive, die in a skydiving accident, be like, pfft. Well, she went out the way she wanted. Um, I don't want to wither away. Uh, That's not, I don't want to do that. I want to live my life actualized and fueled with joy. I deserve it. You deserve it. Perception is reality. If your perception of your life is that it is hard, it is 
misery filled and that nothing will ever turn out the way you want it to, then that is exactly what's going to happen in your life. But you have all the power within you to change your mindset. Do you know that? Do you have any idea how powerful you are? How much control you actually have over your own, the domain of your happiness, the domain of your joy? What's causing you to have all of this hardship and agony are attachments. You have attachments to ideas. You have attachments to people that are not doing you any favors. You have attachments to old mindsets, things that are familiar because you are fearful of stepping out into a new mindset. I mean, what's the point in living a life that is unfulfilling because you're afraid of being judged? Are you afraid of being judged, of leaving um, a situation, a job, a marriage, a relationship, um, a, a community, a church? Oh, man, I wish I had a dime for every time somebody came to me with a, an issue about that. What is it that you're afraid of? What is keeping you locked down in this life of sedentary misery? You don't have to do that think about it. This is the journaling part, guys. This is what is going to give you the clarity that you need in order to move forward with a sense of objection, objective awareness, objective understanding of, okay, this is why I'm unhappy because I've been doing this and I need to do this in order to stop feeling so crappy. You have all the power in the world. That person that you're sitting around waiting on to get their act together, to love you right, to treat you the, the way that you deserve to be treated, it's not worth it. I am telling you right now, it is not worth it. And I understand, God knows I understand intimately what it feels like to get attached to a person who does not give you what they promised or give you what they manipulated into in, for you to believe that they were capable of providing. It's not worth it. It is not worth your energy. It is not worth your heartbreak. It's not worth your, it's not worth your anger. It's not worth your tears. This is your life. This is your life. You are meant to live a life fueled with joy and fueled with positive purpose in a direction that is going to give you the feeling of lightness in your heart. That heaviness that you walk through this life experiencing every day, that is the direct result of attachments. You are attached to things, people, places, and experiences. You need to write all that down. You need to find out what is it that you have been so white-knuckle death-gripped, locked on for so long that are keeping you those ideas, those concepts, those mentalities that's keeping you locked down in a sense of misery. Well, Alma, you don't understand. You haven't been in my shoes. You're right. I haven't. I absolutely haven't. And you're listening to this right now and you're probably thinking, shit, that woman, she ain't got, she ain't got a clue. What am I supposed to do? Leave my, leave my mother to, you know, wither away in a nursing home? I'm supposed to be there for her. No, you're not supposed to walk away from your mother in a nursing home or a loved one or, uh, you know, 
you've been married for for 30 some odd years i'm not telling people to jump up and run to divorce court i'm not telling people to do to do that but what i am telling you is to divorce yourself from an old mindset you don't have to really change anything in your life you can keep that job you can keep that marriage that relationship that you know responsibility that obligation to that loved one who's ailing and is in a nursing home and hospice or whatever. You don't have to change any of that. But what you do have to do is change the expectations, those attachments to particular outcomes. And if you don't journal that, then how the hell are you supposed to know what you need to change about how you're thinking? Perception is reality. What is your perception? What is your perception? What are your thoughts? What do you think of when you wake up in the morning? You know what I do? Every single morning I sit up, I do a couple of deep breaths before I even do anything. I sit up in my bed, I put my feet flat on the floor, I straighten my spine, and I take a couple of long, deep, diaphragmic, deep inhalations, really push that diaphragm down, deep, deep, deep down onto the vagus nerve and engage that parasympathetic nervous response. First thing I do every morning, And then I just hold it for a couple seconds. I don't, I don't belabor that point. I don't try and think about anything. I do that for a couple times. And then I tell myself, show me how good it can get. Show me how good this life can get. I just put that out there. I put it out there into the universe. If you pray, if you're a religious person, by all means, make it in a prayer. Pray. Dear Lord, show me how good it can get. Do whatever is in alignment with your value system, but do it. Perception is reality. What's your perception? Is your perception of reality problematic? Is the way that you're moving through this life causing you misery? Causing you suffering? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Because if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's actually a good thing. Because that says that you're ready for change. You're fed up. You're tired of just the ho-hum, you know, mundane, day-to-day, unfulfilling, what in the hell is the point of this existence mindset? You do not have to live like that. I can shout it from the rooftops. You just, you, you're the only person that can make the changes. You're the only person that can affect the change that you need in your life. You. And you have all the power. All of it. All of it. Everything that you need is already right inside you. Everything that you need is right inside you. I don't have anybody standing over my shoulder. I don't have anybody coaching me along. I watch different uh, inspiring people that I, that I, I seek to, in, uh, you know, get my own points of inspiration. I do that and I seek that out, but there's nobody in my life that is holding my hand through this process. I'm doing this because I truly believe it. And it is something that I have experienced personally. And it is something that I am continually evolving through. I am learning more and more about myself because I'm taking the time to journal and to be authentic 
in my mindset and to challenge myself every day to do better. And by that, in doing that, I feel that I am far better equipped to be able to provide this type of a resource for you, to challenge you. Because, I mean, what's the point of me sitting sitting here in the morning drinking my coffee and thinking, what kind of bullshit can I spew on this podcast this morning just so I can get uh, listeners, huh? That's my perception. That's my reality. I truly believe I have an understanding about what people need by and large, and that is to understand that they are empowered to help themselves. That's what I believe. And I challenge people by, you know, to think differently about their whole existence. We get caught up in in the subconscious of waiting for someone else to come in and save us, waiting for somebody to come in and fix things for us. God knows I did. I certainly did. I absolutely did. My history in romantic partnerships, I'll share this with you. My whole history of romantic partnerships, I can sit there and I can look at each and every one and I can identify all of these uh, wounds that I felt I needed to address, which were derivative of my, my uh, abuse from my father in the mindset, the cognition, the perception that I grew from in the fact that I needed somebody else to tell me what I was worth because my father made me feel worthless. He really did. And, you know, he, he couldn't do anything better. He, he actually was probably a much better father than he probably should have been, honestly, given his own experiences with abuse and just horrible. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at now is that I'm, I am able to look at my father with compassion and understanding that he did the best he could and he did a damn good job uh, raising us kids, um, and we never starved. I never always had clothes, always had food. So, and he was always there, but he was, he could be mean. He could be mean. And, and I got a sense of worthlessness from that. And as a result, I would always seek out partners to fulfill that hole, that, that hurt, that pain in me to make me feel better about myself. And that was how I identified the value of a romantic partnership. And I never went into a romantic partnership with the mindset of what can I do for them? Aha. See, that's my aha moment. That is me where I've been reframing my own perception. Perception is reality. What do you perceive about yourself? What do you perceive about your own existence? What is problematic in your life that you can sort of lean into, look at, identify, particularly when it comes to your behaviors, whether it's something that you're doing or something that you're tolerating, what can you change? Got to get that journal out. You know, they sell them for like a dollar at the Dollar Tree, right? You can get a stack of them there and keep one in every room. I mean, if you're worried about your privacy, I mean, lock, lock it up. Lock it up or write it down, and when you're done writing it down and you read through it and you're scared that somebody's going to read it because you're fearful of the vulnerability of someone reading your notes, you know, burn it, shred it, you know, get rid of it, but you got to put it down. You've got to be able to visualize it. It needs to be in front of your eyes. There is something about reading something that you've written down and how you can, it's almost like a, a contract because you've kind of committed to it by writing it down, right? You can think about a lot of different things, but there's no real commitment to those thoughts, but when you write them down, you've kind of committed to them. And that's the first step. What's your perception? Who are you? Are you a good person? Better yet, do you want to be a better person? Do you want to be a good person? I think we all are intrinsically good people. I just think we get lost. 
and we get these problematic perceptions. Perception is reality, and you have the power to shift yours. That's it. From fear to love, this has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening. Thank you.